Rusty Quill presents. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is entry 3104, titled The Rot. It says at the top of the page that it was written by Jess Syrett from the Nowhere on Air podcast, recorded by Jess Seagard. (laughs) 
it was a strange pleasure to burn. There was something cathartic in it. After trying for two days to remove and destroy the rot that had rapidly overtaken the garden, pulling up roots and cutting off blackened, infected flowers and leaves and shoots as it spread, there was something so bittersweetly satisfying in the release of setting fire to the whole thing instead. It sounds more simple a solution than it was. It was a risky process, burning what needed to be burned while saving what yet could be saved. My mother and I splashed a careful amount of kerosene onto the bigger bushes for good measure, but made sure the grass around the borders was soaked to the point of flooding the roots in water. It would be a waste to destroy the good with the bad. There was still growth and life persevering untouched, and we hoped it would be enough to spare it from the fire and to keep the fire from spreading. We stood close enough to feel the searing, heated appetite of the flames as they overtook the hydrangeas and hollyhock, the honeysuckle and the herb garden, to watch even the fruit trees, the fruits of our labors, decay in flame. Fumes and frustrated grief burned our eyes and throats as the plants crisped and crumbled into ash and soot. Each wisp of smoke that rose into the air took with it our pointless toiling, our defeat, and the rot. At least now it won't spread, Mother said lowly, with a contented mix of disappointment and relief shaping her face. Burning it had been her idea, but even so, that garden was her treasure. An expertly crafted emerald mass of colorful perennials and annuals and hues of springtime she had been cultivating for as long as I could remember. Decades of sowing, planting, and loving attention. It was practically a part of our little family. Me, her, and the garden. Up in blazes in moments. We can start again, I offered in an attempt to encourage, wiping my hands on my apron, starting to feel slick all over. The heat was immense, and the smoke was starting to burn my eyes and throat. Where did it even come from? It was a question that came with a breath. Soft enough, I knew it wasn't meant for me. A question we had both been asking ourselves over and over. No gardening book or expert or website we consulted held any insight into what sort of botanical disease it was, where it could have come from, or how it spread so incredibly quickly. In a matter of two days, days spent wearing the thickest gloves we could find, we tried all manner of plant doctoring. But still... The sickly, tar-like thing had completely overtaken the garden. Each growth it touched had curled into itself and had become eaten and jagged-edged and black all the way to the root. If we noticed the first hints of rot in the morning, by afternoon the plant was more or less consumed. It had started on some daisies that I had planted with my mother on my 15th birthday, almost six years before. I couldn't help but wonder whether the blight would have gotten so severe if... We had just put our sentimentality aside and pulled them up the minute we noticed the pitch-like spots eating away at the petals. If we trusted our guts and the dread that we felt. Drawing me out of my thoughts was the sound of my mother sighing. I leaned in as she wrapped her arm tenderly around my shoulders. We stood like that for a while, the summer sun smiling on us from behind and the small inferno before us warming our faces. Sweat dripped down our backs, 
our foreheads, even our palms, and I could tell the tears in both our eyes weren't just from the sting of smoke. After a while of this, Mother turned her head to face me, dark eyes reflecting the dancing flames. But there was something else gleaming deeper beneath, more than a glaze and emptiness, like she was looking at me, but also through me. It was a striking moment, her stare weighed heavily on me, as if the serious grief of it all had, in fullness, settled over her. I looked back, waiting for her to speak. The fire crackled. She didn't blink. Mom? The wordless stare continued. I watched as her gaze flickered over my face, a worry fluttering and rising in my stomach the longer the silence drew on. We should get some buckets, she finally spoke after a while, a voice level with resignation, acting as if nothing had happened. I was surprised the neighbors didn't call the fire department. The blaze burned a good 20 minutes before we were heaving plastic buckets full of water from the porch, and with what strength we could manage, pouring them over the fire. The smoke, already blacker than I had expected, thickened and hissed as we began to douse the flames. The sharp sizzling rang in my ears, the last echo of the garden, the sound seeming to speak of the finality of what we had done and almost seemed to ask whether we thought it would be enough. Despite the overwhelming heat, heavy and close, a small shiver ran up my spine. Neither of us spoke until the ground where our garden once was became a muck and mire mess of mud and ash. Thick smears and splatters of the sludge had splashed up the bottom of our pants, and large black smears of soot and ash decorated both our aprons. Wearied, covered in grime, and satisfied that the burning had been quenched, I tried to smile at my mother. She tried to smile back, wiping her hands on the lap of her apron, smearing long trails of black across the fabric as she did so. She held up her palms and looked at the layer of something that had smeared across them. Dense, smudged black still covered her skin, and on closer inspection, it streaked thickly, more like liquid on the fabric of the apron. Soot, she assured me, upon noticing my gaze, and the sad smile on her face widened a little too much. You're covered in it too. Why don't you go shower? I'll finish cleaning this mess up. She was right. Looking down at my body, on the wrists and hands not covered with clothing were thick smears of black. Casting one last look at the vaguely smoldering pile of charred earth my mother was overturning with a shovel, worry once again became disturbed in the pit of my stomach, though I wasn't sure why. I took my muddy shoes off at the base of the porch and walked into the house, careful as I could not to track the mess in. I took the matches, which were in my pocket, and placed them on the counter by the sink. Washing off the sweat, soot, mud, and stench of smoke felt like cleansing myself of the whole situation. The rot was nothing more than charred particles riding smoke into the atmosphere. The garden was gone, and we'd replant in the spring. The thoughts repeated in my mind as I showered scrubbing away dark smears in the ease of the cool water. Afterwards, I found myself settling into fresh clothes and clean hair and the comfortable, premature certainty that it was over. Evening soon fell and I, hair still damp, stood over the sink doing dishes after dinner, which I had eaten alone. 
The sound of the shower running upstairs, I set aside a plate for my mother and knew she would come down when she was ready. Shuffling footsteps from the hallway eventually caught my attention, and a few moments later, she was beside me with a tea towel. Eat first, Mom. I can do this, I told her, but she shook her head, expression a little hard to read. She turned her face away from me and down towards the sink. I'm not hungry, she murmured. I didn't want to argue, assuming the grief of losing the garden was weighing on her. We worked mostly in silence, not really even looking at one another. The sun was setting in deep oranges and twilight blues outside the window as we fell into the rhythm of washing the dishes. Until I noticed something as her sleeve pulled back slightly when she moved. <laughs> Looks like you missed a spot, I joked lightly. What are you talking about? She replied, still not looking at me, and I poked the large black mark on her wrist, only half visible. It wasn't powdery to the touch like I expected it to be, thinking it was just ash, but slick, a little slimy. It left a residue on the tip of my finger. What is that? Oh, silly me. She smiled dismissively and continued drying the plate she was holding. Grabbing some soap, I tried to clean the spot off my finger, but it just sort of spread as I scrubbed it under the warm, then hot, water as I adjusted the tap in the hopes it would help. It didn't. My mother didn't seem to notice or care, putting the plate on the counter, grabbing the next one, and lifting the towel to dry it. Oh, I haven't done that one yet, I interjected, but she ignored me still, and started drying the dirty plate, placing it on top of the other one on the counter. My eyes caught an odd shadow on the towel that I soon realized wasn't a shadow, but another smear of something dark. It was then that I noticed her hands. Her palms were still greased with the pitch-like substance they had been earlier when she'd wiped them on her apron. Now, however, looking closer, her fingernails were black, like there was blood pooled underneath them. Her hands themselves were gaunt, skin gray and close to the bone and the veins beneath were dark, like black branches that almost seemed to pulse under her skin the longer I stared. Mom, I started, but I had no other words. She finally looked at me, with the same blank yet piercing gaze she had earlier in the garden, but her eyes were darker than I remembered. Her face seemed paler. Without any real thought, I reached for her wrist to roll up her sleeve and saw in fullness the way the black mark stretched up the arm past the elbow to where I couldn't roll it up any further. Following the direction, however, I soon saw the pitch snaked up her neck, concealed somewhat by her hair that I also instinctively moved out of the way. My heart began to race, pounding all the way up to my ears, the sound mixing with the sound of the taps still running. I looked back into her eyes black pools of shining nothing, both staring back at me and reflecting me, and as my now trembling hand hovered by her face, she suddenly gripped my wrist tightly with a near skeletal, ashen hand. Her black fingernails pressed into my skin, sharp almost to the point of piercing, but I watched as one or two seemed to slide off her fingers with the pressure. Her expression hardly changed. Ow! Mom! I cried pulling against her grip to no avail. I noticed the nail on my own finger was starting to turn black. She opened her mouth to speak, revealing now black gums, 
the inside of her mouth slick with a thick black saliva that smeared across and in some places dripped off of her teeth. We can start again, she said, in a voice that was hers but wasn't. As she spoke, a tooth dropped from her mouth, all rotten and black at the roots. I pulled against her grip again, heart racing faster, tears stinging in my eyes. I watched in real time as the rot spread from her neck and like a streak of lightning stretched across her face. An odd feeling blossomed in my arm, and I looked to where her hand was digging into my skin. Black shoots of the thick, strange substance began to crawl across and into my flesh. Pain wasn't the word for it. My arm almost prickling like pins and needles as I watched it climb and spread, trapped. My hands pulled tight. My nails went dark. I watched and felt as the veins in my body began to writhe. The panic in me, though, began to settle, subdue. The farther it climbed up my arm, the less terrified of it I became. But I was lucid with fear just long enough to reach for the matches with my free hand, still where I had left them, and in an instinct I could not explain, took as many as I could at once. They gasped in succession as they lit against the side of the box, and with a terrible certainty I used my mother's hold to yank her towards me, and, pressed together, let the flames catch our clothing. It was a strange pleasure to burn. Tiny Terrors is an anthology horror podcast produced by Pulp Audio and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. This episode was directed by Cole Weavers, with sound production and editing by Mike Lebeau. To find additional information or to join our Patreon for additional content and ad-free episodes, visit our website, www.tinyterrorspod.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Tiny Terrors Pod. Or join the Pulp Audio Discord by clicking the link in the description below. Rate and review us on Spotify and Apple. And finally, thanks for listening. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.